Hello, Soul Family. I'm your host, Sal Buller, and welcome to Awaken with Sal, a global podcast, your vibrational connection for the body, mind, and spirit, devoted to spiritual awakening, consciousness expansion, sacred empowerment, energy healing, and much, much more. So honored to be here with all you divine beings today. Before we dive in, remember to head over to saltheawakener.com for a free meditation download and share your email to receive my new ebook and stay connected for future offerings and monthly interactive virtual community gatherings available to you all free of charge. Our guest today is Zoe Craig Sparrow. She's a member of the Musqueam Indian Band and was born and raised on the reserve in Vancouver, BC, Canada. She is the Director of Indigenous Rights and Environmental Justice at Justice for Girls. She has worked with the JFG in partnership with the David Suzuki Foundation before traveling to the United Nations with JFG to present a submission to the United Nations Committee on the Rights of the Child in 2012. Zoe has a bachelor's degree in political science from UBC, a master's degree in human rights from the University of London, and is currently pursuing her PhD. She's passionate about girls and women's rights and the environment, particularly how those relate to the Indigenous communities. Welcome, Zoe. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Sal and yourself. I'm doing really, really well. So, so honored to have you here, Zoe, because you are an inspiration to someone like myself, because you started at such a young age. So why don't you go ahead, Zoe, and just tell us how you ended up at such a young age. I think it was around 12 that you started this journey. Am I am I right there? Yes, absolutely. My first introduction to Formal advocacy began at the age of 12 uh, with my initial internship with Justice for Girls. And Justice for Girls is a nonprofit organization located in Vancouver that advocates for economic, environmental, and social justice for girls. And initially, that is really how I got my foot in the door. But I would say, you know, growing up as an Indigenous young woman in, in Vancouver, in Canada, um, on unceded Musqueam territory, my whole life I was always internally and externally advocating for justice. And really my goal was to find a career or a path that allowed me to combine my passions, which are children's rights, women's rights, um, the environment and indigenous rights. So for me, this initial foot in the door with this internship, uh, it allowed me to connect all of those into a really meaningful way that was the first time I'd actually seen um, a path that would allow me to bridge all of these what seemed to be really different passions in, into one and it, it felt really true to myself and it opened up a lot of doors for me um, to move forward in the future and on top of that I started to realize that not only was this my passion and, and definitely the right journey for me but because I was young I, I, I was definitely nervous that people wouldn't take me seriously but I soon found out that my age and my youth really was um, a positive and, and it helped people to hear from young people and to see that passion, that fire and that excitement. So it really got the ball, ball rolling from there. And I just, I, I, I was hooked. I, I couldn't stop. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, look at yourself, such a young, young 
young female who's done so much in such a short while. Now, where did where do you think that this passion actually really came from? Where what was that turning point in your life that kind of gave you that decision? Or was this something that maybe you were born with? I think it's definitely something that I was born with and then continue to evolve um, as we all do um, as we grow in age and have new life experiences. But for me, that innate interconnected intersectional relationship between land and body when it comes to, you know, indigenous women and and mother earth, that was always there. And I grew up uh, fishing with my family on the Fraser river. So for me, growing up in our traditional unceded territories, that connection to the environment was always a part of me and, and always a huge piece of my identity. And so for me, growing up in Vancouver, then seeing, you know, missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, seeing the racism and sexism and, and ageism that Indigenous girls face, it became really clear to me that these were all um, not only my experiences, but many, many Indigenous women and girls' experiences, and that these were um, these injustices were systemic and they weren't just, you know, pertaining to one individual. So for me, you know, growing up in, on a reserve and seeing, seeing inequality and injustice, but also having that deep connection to the land and to the environment, and then learning about climate change growing up and, and seeing environmental degradation and how the planet was changing and how rights are changing and evolving it really translated something that's always been a part of me into something actionable and tangible and exciting and something that I could use my personal experience to help with. Right, right. Tell me, um, you know, Zoe, you went from going to school. I mean, did you go to school on the reserve as well or were were you um, going to school elsewhere? Yeah, I was going to school elsewhere. I actually was attending a private school in Vancouver. So that in and of itself, I think, really shaped who I was because I had access to incredible education and teachers and resources. But with that came a pretty clear dichotomy and contrast between, you know, um, the reserve I was leaving every morning and then driving out of and seeing poverty and injustice and and that fight and seeing how Indigenous people had been marginalized and, and treated through colonization, and we still are today, and those genocidal impacts. So leaving that, driving off my little uniform to school and seeing such such high wealth and such a contrast in lifestyles and in personalities and approaches really, really struck me. And on top of that, I was the only Indigenous uh, girl at the entire school. It was an all-girls school. So that also really pushed me <laughs> to the limits and, and, and to expand my ideas and my thoughts and how I connected with people and moreover the school was a private school that was an all-girls school and that really emphasized young women's leadership and our motto the school's York house our motto is not for ourselves alone and the school had a huge emphasis on community service and helping the community so as I navigated um, my personal life my home life living on a reserve and and the daily experiences of colonialism and genocide I also was really empowered and educated at this, at this, you know, colonial, private, wealthy institution. So I think it gave me a really, really strong foothold in both worlds that has allowed me to um, connect bridges and connect people and communities and help, you know, bridge that understanding. And my mother and I actually were pretty um, helpful with the school in terms of educating them on Indigenous histories. And especially, you know, the school is on Musqueam's traditional territory. So our people's histories and territory and, and how that's 
um, taught and at schools and how they are supporting Indigenous students. And it was actually at York House in grade seven that um, I was connected to Justice for Girls for that initial internship. And um, that focus on, on community service, on volunteering was definitely pushed by the school. It came from a place within myself as well, but they also really uh, supported my connection to Justice for Girls over you know, my high school years, which is when I went to the United Nations and they're really supportive of my activism and, and my background. And I'm still connected to the school and obviously to my community. And I still work as best I can to help educate um, York House and the school and the sometimes very wealthy community that exists in Vancouver um, on those dichotomies and on the experiences of indigenous peoples living in the city. That's right. That's and it's amazing that you at such a young age were able to pick up all of the injustices and all of the differences and really being able to be groomed from a young age. I mean, talk about the universe in your favor, putting you in a situation where, yes, you are going to go through this system and you are going to see the polarities of of what's happening all over the world with the with you know the indigenous all over the world and it's so beautiful because just yesterday i was listening to uh, a young gentleman from the states um because i do a lot of work with the um ancestral healing and of course he he has put together some incredible incredible movies he's a movie producer in the states and of course uh, haven't been able to watch any of them because you know life is just the way it is but just like you just a real go-getter could see what was happening and it was time and you are true true leaders in my eyes as a, as a healer, as a yoga teacher, and of course, all of the different people that we've had on the podcast would just be, would be shocked and amazed that the journey that you've taken uh, and, and have been able to succeed and more power to you. Now, uh, stepping back just a little bit, if you can, uh, how was your experience with the uh, David Suzuki Foundation? Because I know you had the privilege of working there as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so after my first internship with Justice for Girls at the age of 12, I stayed connected to the organization. I was, I was so excited about the opportunity to do this work. And three years later, when I was 15 years old, they invited me back for a second internship, this one in collaboration with the David Suzuki Foundation. And this internship was very exciting because it's, it circled around uh, the United Nations Committee on the Rights of the Child. They do periodic reviews of countries, of states. So this one was around Canada's review. And it was my opportunity as a child to research my rights. So Justice for Girls taught me my rights and we looked through the convention, we looked through children's rights and I, I was able to see what rights in my life were being violated and how I could articulate my experiences in terms of rights violations. And then on the other hand, I also interned at the Dave Suzuki Foundation and there I learned about climate change and climate science and, and how the earth is changing and how environmental degradation affects um, people. And through this internship, I was able to bridge environmental change and climate change and human rights. And that's something that I've continued to do since, but this was really my first foot in the door. And my favorite part about it was that I was not only bridging those, but I was bridging them through my own experiences and talking about 
changes I've seen, concerns I have as a child and how um, I'm worried about my rights. And, and actually under the convention, children have a right to have a say in matters that affect them. So this was really me exercising my rights and my voice. And I also at the David Suzuki Foundation, um, this coincided with the Rio 20 conference. So I was able to write blogs for them and work with the foundation. And since then, I've also stayed connected to them. Um, and I've done different work with them over the years. And I'm actually now uh, a fellow with them at the Dave Suzuki Foundation, really continuing to pursue um, that work and that link between genocide of Indigenous peoples and ecocide, so destruction of the environment um, that's happening in Canada right now. So I'm continuing to connect those and working with both organizations, which um, I mean, it's been, I think, 12, 13 years now. So it's been a while, but lots has changed and lots hasn't. And I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to work with such amazing organizations that allow me to express myself and my views and my, my worldview as a priority. You know, they don't just appreciate my work and my PhD research and those things. They appreciate how me as an Indigenous woman, how I have my own insight, my own worldview, and how that shapes the work. And that's a very exciting part of, of, of this fellowship and of my job right now. Wow. So, so incredible. Now, Zoe, um, I know that there's listeners out there. They do have uh, young girls that are in, uh, in uh, you know, positions that they would love to get a hold of you, get in touch with you. Um, how would one go about getting a hold of you? Is there uh, some website or do you have uh, an email what, what how could someone get a hold of you absolutely so anyone looking to get in touch with me I would encourage you uh, to go to the justice for girls website so www.justiceforgirls.org um, it's a great place there's lots of resources you can learn more about what we do and there's email contact information for me there uh, you can also just email me at zoe zoe at justiceforgirls.org if you want to connect or have any questions um, I'm especially happy to talk with and mentor young girls, especially Indigenous women and girls and girls of color, um, because women in my life, I'm, we're matriarchal people. I've had so many mentors and women who have not only educated me, but believed in me and put my voice at, at the forefront of policy change and social change. So I'm really happy to not only amplify other girls' voices, but also to and encourage you to own your voice and really my job and what we do at Justice for Girls is we stand beside young women. We don't stand in front of them. We don't um, just pass on their message. We stand beside you and help you amplify that message. Beautiful. I'd love to share an offer before we get back to this episode. You can get a free meditation download and join our free monthly interactive virtual community gatherings where we discuss topics of interest to uplift, educate, and support each other in a safe, loving environment. Simply head over to salveawakener.com and join the community of like-minded, soul-driven, conscious creators that understand the changing times. Go ahead now to salvtheawakener.com. For anyone that is listening, this is a, an episode that you really need to share and make sure that any, any female out there um, listens to this episode because I know it's so, so inspirational for me, but it has such, um, such meaning and depth as a community, what we should be doing in order to move in the right direction moving forward. So Zoe, share with us just a little bit 
you know, um, how your new position has unfolded, because I know that you are now uh, a guest host on First Talk and an Indigenous uh, uh, talk show on APTN. Yes, so my, my journey is not linear per se, and that's very indigenous, indigenous of me, actually. It's very circular, and there's lots of paths that connect and intertwine, um, which, you know, I think is a sign that you're doing things right. I've never forced an opportunity. I just follow my passions and do hard work, and the next step always seems to present itself to me. Um, so actually, after I traveled to the United Nations, there was a bit of press around that. And I went to Geneva and spoke to community members um, and committee members at the age of 15. And when I came back, I had the incredible opportunity, actually, of hosting a show on APTN at the age of 15 that was called You Equals Us. And that show was all about focusing and showcasing Indigenous youth who are change makers around the world. And it, that show really came from a place of seeing so much negative attention and focus on, you know, what Indigenous and BIPOC youth are doing wrong and, and really, and on troublemakers and on all these negative things. And this show was a chance for us to showcase um, positivity. So they reached out to me um, because of my work. And actually I ended up, my, my one segment turned into a hosting gig and I ended up hosting that show um, at the age of 15, 16. And that was a great opportunity and really opened my door to media, television, that sort of communication side of this work. And I stayed in contact with the producer of that show and, and APTN and, and really kept them in the back of my mind because I do, love, I do love film and television work as well. And I love showcasing my voice and speaking for me. And I'm not playing a role, I'm, I'm being myself and sharing my views. So I continued plucking away with Justice for Girls, David Suzuki Foundation, going to school. Um, and then last year, I was contacted by the producer of that original show, Tamara Bell, who is the host of First Talk on APTN, and she invited me to come join them, and I was very excited to do so, and I, now this is my second year doing it, so I was on season five, and now this is season six, where um, I'm a part of a panel on the show of, on First Talk called Talking Stick, and it's really exciting. We bring together people from different backgrounds, Indigenous people. And we talk about current events, political issues, sometimes humorous issues that have nothing to do with politics. Um, and we have really exciting, engaging dialogue on those issues. And the hope is that it can bring some light and laughter to your home or maybe um, some difficult conversations and some thought provoking conversations. So since then, I've been really happy to work with the First Talk team and um, continue on my role with them. And now season six of First Talk is airing on APTN, the Aboriginal People's Television Network, um, on weekdays and also online on APTN Lumi. And, and I'm hoping to continue to do that because it, again, gives me an opportunity to talk and share with others and and express my voice from me and from myself and and sometimes it's flying off the cuff and and it's it's exciting and and honestly has gotten me through a lot of difficult topics over the past two years we've talked about black lives matter covid um rcmp invasion up at wet'suwet'en in northern british columbia we talk about some serious issues but it gives me an opportunity to to give my opinion and say my piece because in a in a world with so much so much 
what can seem negativity and, and issues and problems, it's exciting to have an opportunity to try to address those and to talk and share with like-minded people. Sometimes not like-minded people, you know, there's, there's some healthy disagreements that occur. Um, but overall, I think it's, it's a really great show. And I, and I encourage, um, not just Indigenous people, but but all people to watch it. Apparently, some of our most viewers are non-Indigenous, and it's an interesting, you know, snippet into our lives and our perspectives. No, definitely. I, I mean, I know for myself, I mean, it's so beautiful to see you do this work and, and you know, coming from a completely different culture. I think that, you know, uh, showing that you are such a powerhouse uh, and, and started this journey at such a young age, um, you know, I know as a community, uh, as a minority, um, you know, we, we need, we need young girls like you within our communities to step up and step out and step out in such a big way, just like you. And so I'm hoping that uh, any of the viewers out there do take an opportunity to connect with Zoe, because this is, this is, you know, when they speak about the new world this is what they're talking about. They're talking about the young females stepping forward mm -hmm. and really discussing and changing the world in so many ways in such a short, short period. So more power to you. Now, um, I know the other question as a mother, as a grandmother, what would you recommend for other females, other females, be it young or older, uh, to always keep in mind? You know, you I actually really journey? love... I really love what you just said, and it's talking about the power of young girls now. One of my biggest issues is people, they, they, they try, they say this from a place of positivity, but they say, oh yeah, you know, you young people, you're the leaders of tomorrow, the leaders of the future. And I'm like, no, young people and young women and girls in particular, we're the leaders of today. We're leading right now. So my biggest piece of advice, you know, parents, grandparents, um, is, is, to empower that and cultivate that, not to say, oh, what are you gonna be where you, when you grow up? What do you wanna do with your life? What are you gonna do now? And what do you wanna be now? Um, people are so, children are so excited to grow up sometimes, adults are so excited to see how children grow up, but there's a beauty in the perspective of children as children. So I encourage everyone to cultivate that. And yeah, maybe, maybe you think a child is naive and doesn't know everything yet and hasn't had all those experiences, but maybe that's just what we need. Maybe we need a simple approach sometimes. Maybe we need children to say, why are we, why are we killing our planet for an economy? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Oh, people say, oh, you don't understand the economy. You don't understand the way the world works. No, maybe it's children who are understanding exactly what we need to know, which is you don't hurt the planet. You don't kill the planet and the mother earth that is protecting you and about that reciprocity. And it is a very indigenous worldview that we have that children and elders are closest to the spirit world. There are those who are most wise. They're the ones who have the connections to the ancestors, to the land, to mother earth. And they're the ones who have the best sensitivity to these issues. So my biggest piece of advice is while it can seem empowering to encourage children towards their future selves, I think it's so important that we emphasize and appreciate them as who they are right now. Beautifully, very well put, very well said, you know, Zoe, this is, this is just an amazing, amazing interview. I mean, I've had all sorts of artists from throat singers to, to artists, sound artists, to yoga teachers and healers, but I'll tell you, you know, this is, is speaking volumes 
especially to someone like myself. Um, it's not about, it's not about what, you know, what are you going to do in the future? Totally 100% right. It's our todays that are actually setting up our tomorrows. Mm -hmm. So beautiful that you can see the connection between who we are as human beings, as different communities and cultures. And yet, and yet we all know that mother earth and our, our position and point of, you know, being able to just look at something just a little bit differently and then come from that point that makes a huge difference well and that's our power I think and that's what I tell everyone and that's what I tell myself is who you are and whatever experiences you've had today that makes you who you are and that's so special because no one else has those experiences and that unique perspective that we can each bring that's what we should be focusing on I think and especially children especially indigenous women and girls their experiences on, on these areas and on this work, um, they inspire me and teach me things every day. So I think the power of harnessing that and, you know, especially intergenerational trauma and challenges that we've faced, yes. they're hard, it's difficult, but that is who shapes who you are today and that resilience that, you know, so many of us carry. So I think it's just incredibly important that we see the power in sometimes vulnerability and in difficulties because those experiences made you you and there's nobody else like you. And, and there's a lot to say about, you know, this is how we're going to heal the wounds, the personal, the, the mm -hmm. personal wounds, the personal traumas, the collective historical traumas. I mean, it's so much work, but you know what, you are such a, we'll have to have you back on the show because the way you <laughs> have, <love> you. <laughs> you have <laughs> such deep, deep wisdom, unbelievable, but um, Thank you. any last words, any last words for our listeners? You know, I think it's it's just so important that again we 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 remember you know seven generations past as, as I do and seven we think seven generations to the future and we're thinking about the legacy that we're leaving behind and the future we're leaving for the next generations to come and it's so important that we understand our pivotal role today our impact on future and past and and more than anything we just be who we want to be and the change we want to be in the world. So it's, it sounds corny sometimes, but I really do think that if you want the world to change that you, it has to start from you and it might seem inconsequential at times, but it, it impacts people in ways you might not know. One conversation might change someone's life. One opportunity, one yes, one no could change your life. So really keeping an open mind and an open perspective um, and, and being aware that we all have a far greater impact than we realize. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. That's Zoe Craig Sparrow. Unbelievable, incredible powerhouse. Uh, make sure that you get all your friends and family to listen in on this particular show that we have today, uh, because I think that this is what it's going to take. This is this is the moment and this is going to be the person who's going to say, come join me. Let's walk together. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sal Heichka. Yes, thank you. And uh, until next time, you have yourselves a wonderful day. Thank you all for joining us today by sharing your time, sharing your love, and most important, your energetic presence, your unique vibrational signature. What a gift and an honor to have you join us. Notice what has shifted or stood out for you today. 
and know that you are a sacred being, a co-creator on an incredible soulful journey. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is released. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. The more reviews and shares we get, the more people we can reach, and you never know how an episode will shift someone's life. Once again, thanks so much for listening and have an incredible day.